BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today I look at Noah Baumbach's new apocalyptic comedy. It's streaming on Netflix, and it's called White Noise. And a wild entertaining trip on the bullet train with Brad Pitt, and alongside Brendan Fraser could be Oscar-bound for his performance in the Darren Aronofsky tearjerker. It's called The Whale. We are film-packed this week. Super-packed film week. <laughs> and I'm Smollier. Haley Hamilton Cogill. And yes, we've been watching a lot of films getting ready for the Oscars. So to pair this week, we're going to take note of some interesting advertising. Nice. With a twist for our feature films. And we'll get into that in a little bit more. But first, Gary, let's talk about white noise. Let's talk about the budget for white noise. <laughs> So so anybody who watches this film, I keep looking at that going, man, there's like a thousand people in that scene. And there's a lot of people in this, but it plays like a little tiny movie. Right. But it's not. It's a hundred million dollar movie. It's, it's, I don't know where they Somebody, spent the money. <laughs> uh, it, that's just, you know, it's on Netflix. So it played in theaters for like two weeks and made $33,000. And so it didn't make Seriously? any money. Or some, it's some absurd low amount of money. Maybe 53, <laughs> but it's not very much. And, and. It, it's just, it, it's kind of, and it's called White Noise. And so it's kind of, I think it's been a little bit lost. But Noah Bombach's a really good filmmaker. He did Greenberg. He did Margot at the Wedding. He did Marriage Story, which was a big Oscar Difficult. contender a few years ago. Yeah. And he co-writes with Wes Anderson. He co-wrote The Life Aquatic. And he wrote Mr. Fox. Um, he's married to Greta Gerwig, who stars in the film. But Greta Gerwig is not only a fine, fine actress, she's a great director. And she did Lady Bird and Little Women. And she's directed the upcoming Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie film on Barbie. I can't wait. On the doll. I can't. Barbie's thrown out of, and Will Ferrell plays the head of Mattel. And is thrown out of Barbie because of her bad behavior and has to go out. (laughs) And so she tries to go out and live with real human beings. And it's supposed to be a, a wild. Can't wait. Comes out in July. And and so I, I can't explain this. It's based on a novel. It's a 1985 novel by an author named Don DeLillo. And, and pro- it sounds like a novel that's so complicated it's almost unfilmable. But the, and, and everybody's been trying to make this movie for a long time. Um, but it's Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig, and they're married, and they've had multiple marriages before, and now they're a blended family, and they're— there's lots of children, and there's lots of children, and uh, and there's a lot of messy. It's a messy, messy life, and he's he's an intellectual professor, highly a, regarded, highly regarded, and he's the best in the world on studying Hitler. So he <laughs> teaches about Hitler. Yes. So remember, it's an absurdist comedy, 
And also, he is, everybody is, seems in this movie is obsessed with death and obsessed with the fear of death and what's going to happen, including his wife, Babette. And uh, Don Cheadle plays another character in there who, who is jealous that the uh, Adam Driver character gets to talk about Hitler because he wants to do the same thing with Elvis. <laughs> he wants to have Elvis studies. Everything about Elvis. At this university. So Hitler studies, Elvis studies, and, you know, all of a sudden there's a big train accident. This big cloud comes over. It's probably pretty much tied into what COVID is wiping out everything. Mm-hmm. And they have to they have to leave and they get out of there and they have to evacuate. And so they're all thrown into this kind of apocalyptic thing that's going out in the clouds. And they go into a little town and they, they finally go into a place and state like a camp for a while. But he gets exposed. He he goes into a or stops to get gas. Yeah. And gets exposed. It's a very complicated At film. At least they think he is because he's th- been outside. They but, think he is. But has he? But has he? And then she gets weirder and weirder because she's taking some weird drug. And I'll probably leave it at that. She's taking some weird drug to help her over her fear of death. And and then there's the guy that uh, has the drug that's selling it to her and what's going and on between. That's a whole mess. That's a whole mess going on. And, and then I just want to say... The ending of the movie is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> as bad as I hated the ending to the menu, uh-huh. the ending of this movie is they just do like a 10-minute dance number in an AMP grocery store with a ho- with the entire cast. The entire cast. Dead or alive, they're all there. <laughs> Dead or alive, the whole cast is the AMP at the end of the movie, and they have this joyful dance number, and it's the best part of the movie, and it makes no kind of, sense. Well, most of the movie doesn't make sense. I think it's a really odd film, and... That's hard to connect with. You know, if you really love movies that are not mainstream and all you want to do is see something different because you either hate Hollywood or or you, you don't like mainstream stuff. You know, I, I run into people every once in a while that hate Spielberg movies because they're so mainstream and they're just so wrong. They're just so wrong. Well, this is probably the movie for you. I hope, <laughs> I hope you have a blast with this. But for $100 million, it's, it's kind of troubling in, in that way. And, you know, also... Noah Bombeck co-wrote the new Barbie movie that his wife is directing. So they might get it all back. Because <laughs> if that movie's a big hit. And they've done some big stuff yeah. before. I mean, she's she's great. Lady Bird and Little Woman were both Oscar-contending films, especially Lady Bird. So I have a problem with this movie. I, I, have a, I, I looked at it. I'd chuckle every once in a while because it has got some funny writing in it. But it's not a coherent movie, and it's not... It's it's something that has so many holes in it that I kept my mind kept wandering off on how can we fill that gap rather than following the movie that's going on in front of me. Interesting. It bothered me. Well, because the and I don't have to like everybody in the movie to uh, like the movie. Sure. A lot of these people are not very likable. I mean, he's teaching about Hitler and he can't speak German, <laughs> so he's trying to learn <laughs> German to, to do learn. his first lecture. Yes. Which is also kind of in Germany. I'm not going to college to study Hitler. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but that's, 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 that's no, but the that's, whole absurdist point of this but, And that's the fascinating, that's, yeah, the fascinating take. But I think that that's where you say they're holes. I see there, there's so much stuff. Right. There's so much white noise. There's so much white noise in this movie. And that's kind of the whole satirical um Bend that I think Noah Baumbach brings to to this film, and and I take it from you know where where was the money spent 
on product placement, but that would be advertiser dollar coming in. But that might be where they got it. I don't know. I just know the background of every single scene. The There was so much stuff. Stuff. There was so, I mean, it, it, think of, and, and it's also taking place in what, maybe like the 80s? So there are some very timely things like a bottle or a can of Tab, which right. I don't know the last time I saw a can of Tab, and light Pepsi, which, again, you don't really see light mm-hmm. Pepsi. But uh, Ritz crackers and Tide and 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 Frosted Flakes and, and Rice Krispies and, like, and Cheerios. Like, da, da, da. there's so much stuff everywhere. And it's they, – they do film several of these scenes with the entire family going to – the grocery store, and so you've got like 10, I don't know how big this family, eight people all running around this grocery store, and then they have these long conversations because then all of a sudden there's Don Cheadle's there and then some other professors there, and everybody's like hanging out at the A&P, yeah. and, and they film these very long scenes in front of all of this these products basically to kind of say, why do we have to have all of this. these products? Because then then they'll flip over to an aisle of of white packages with simple black writing and it's like in those scenes is where the the actual the, the actual conversation makes sense yes. instead of just all this other stuff I don't know it's, white noise yeah it was it was a I, I found it to be a, a kind of a, a, an interesting if you if you look at, at what satire is, the use of humor or irony or exaggeration to expose or <laughs> criticize people's stupidity, yeah. then, then I think that that's kind of a, a, a perfect nod to, to the absurdity that, yeah. that people put value in. So you're saying that what you're saying is there's a lot to chew on here if you pay attention. Yes, but it's still... But it's hard to get through because there's just so much. There's so much of it. You can't. I, I can't say the same about Babylon. There's a lot going on in Babylon. That's a totally different kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot in right. Babylon, and there's a lot in this. And there's so much. They're so frantic. They're so frantic throughout. So much of this, like people just are talking, and 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 nobody's really listening. Is it overwritten? Uh, no, because I think that's the point. That's the I point. I think it's the right. point that Babette's just always talking. Nobody's listening to her, and yet she's always talking. And then all of a sudden, uh, Adam Driver's character comes in, and it's like, oh, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I know, I'm the all-knowing, all-being. Everyone listens to me when he 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 takes over Don Cheadle's classroom, and all right. of a sudden it becomes this. It's like he's God oh, speaking in front of these him. students. About Hitler, right. <laughs> and it's just like this it's, makes no sense. It's all noise. Yeah, yeah, it's all noise. Good, good. I like that. It's, so it's not really a pairing. It's just more of an observation. Ah, so your pairing really is che- Cheerios and Frosted Flakes, and or the bag, the white, the white bag with the black writing yes. that is very nondescript and and really more of what we need. It does. It it. We're overstimulated. I mean, let's take the grocery store. It's a overstimulation sometimes when we go. Go into a wine store. How do you choose between this bottle or that? That's why. That's why we have people like that's why you. you have me. <laughs> 
No, it's really That's true. why you have the story. But for years, I would go into a wine store, and I wouldn't want anybody to bother me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask for advice. And I don't know if I didn't trust anybody or well, because, I was probably over my head in the early days. Well, and and back in the day, there were a lot of, of those stores that either their salespeople would either want to shame you and make you feel bad for not knowing what you what they think you should drink right. or try to upsell you. Or try which, to upsell you. You know, the first the first way to turn me off is to try to upsell me. Right. Interesting. Wow. White noise. It's out there in product placement. It's out there in our world. And it's a really odd film. It's a very odd film. It's a very odd film. When we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, we decided to ride along with Brad Pitt late one night and take a ride on the bullet train. (laughs) And briefly today, Brendan Fraser plays a 600-pound man with a death wish in an emotionally complex drama. And it's called The Whale. And we will be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Gary and I kept putting off watching Bullet Train, and I'm not sure why, because I thought it was so much fun. (laughs) And one night, we just opened a good bottle, sat down, and there's Brad Pitt almost in person in our living room on our big screen TV. It was just, it was just so much fun. Brad, Brad, uh, we've come to love Brad Pitt. But you know what? We admire Brad Pitt because he produces a lot of really smart, good films. He produces very... very smart films. He'll do this, and then you'll read his name on some credits and went, Brad, no wonder. And, a- and you kind of always say, well, of course. Yeah. Because, and I I hope he makes tons of money doing fun films like this. This one and he, made a lot. You know, he made a ton of money in Babylon, or hope, hopefully he's he's doing that to then be able to, to create really, really good projects. So, you know, I think this I film Brad. made around... 260, 270 million. It was made for about 80, 90 million. Awesome. So it's an expensive film. Yeah. You know, he plays a he plays Ladybug. That's his name. He's an unlucky assassin. He's kind of a guy that makes a lot of mistakes but still gets through the day. And isn't Sandra Bullock his boss? I think so, yes. Right. Sandra Bullock's his boss. And he's had a lot of gigs that have gone off the rails, and all of a sudden he gets this mission that he has to go do. And he has to board this train and get the suitcase. That's all he's got to do. He's got one job. Get on the train, find the bad guys, get the suitcase, get off the train. Well, that's pretty much not going to happen. And of course, <laughs> it's based on these bullet trains throughout Japan. Uh, it's, it's based on a, a trilogy of, I want to say, mafia or hitmen Japanese novels. And this is the second book in, the, in that trilogy. But it's all shot in L.A., I I watched this film and I would have no idea this was shot in L.A. I mm-hmm. figured it was all shot in Japan, but it's not shot in L.A. 
And there's a lot of CG and there's a lot of yeah. effects in it and all that kind of stuff. But it's got a whole bunch of cast of characters. Some are goofy, some are funny, some are some will kill you in a nanosecond. Bad guys, very few good guys. Some of them are female. You never know who is who. Right. In this movie, at one point, uh, one of us is a bad guy um, called the Wolf, and he's a bad guy, and he's played by Bad Bunny. He's played by Bad Bunny. <laughs> so he got Brad Pitt and. Bad Bunny and Sandra Bullock in the small part is director David Leitch. He's a former stunt coordinator, and he was, I want to say, Brad Pitt's stuntman on at least four or five films. Wow. So he's been working with Brad over the years, but he's done hundreds and hundreds of films. Wow. And then he got kind of famous because he co-directed the first John Wick movie. He's uncredited in that, but he did co-direct that. Then he went on and did Deadpool 2. Deadpool movies are good movies. They're fun. He did a Fast and Furious movie, Hobbs and Shaw. He did Atomic Blonde, that that creepy wild film with Charlize Theron. So he's he's actually a really good filmmaker, I think. And and so you get all these people in this wild ride of a thing, and they're all trying to either kill each other or poison each other. There's a snake on a train. <laughs> a snake gets out of there. All going really fast, and you realize when the end of this movie gets there, all the bad guys are going to be there waiting for the train, and they're all they're all mafia, and they're all hitmen and, and they're monsters. All angry. And and Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt can roll and duck and shoot and just hit bonk you on the head and get away with everything. Yeah, he's really he's really good at what he does, but he's kind of a doofus, <laughs> and it's. Pretty fun. Well, I just think it's that's just it. It's, it's just fun. There's nothing serious about this film. It's bullet train. It's just it's just a fun, easy ride. It's better made than than it's a better made film than you would ever go into thinking. It's just, it's kind of a throwaway movie and it's a mindless movie, but it's so well made every once in a while. Just technically, it's like when you see a lot of these, uh, you know, some of these the, these Japanese movies and some of these foreign language films. That have so much martial arts in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in this movie, mm-hmm. and they're good, mm-hmm. and they're it's really smart, and and it's visually kind of fun and stunning to watch. So yeah, it, it's the throwaway film that made almost three hundred million dollars, wow. and kind of worked for a lot of audiences. And you know, John Wick are serious good films. Those mm-hmm. are I think the John Wick films are just keep getting better and better. Uh, the Fast and Furious films fit into this niche. Mm-hmm. Those are big billion-dollar moneymakers. But Bullet Train, well, the nice Bullet thing, Train's got its thing, and Brad Pitt's really funny. Well, and you think about, okay, so just take a Fast and sure. Furious. I mean, you're basically doing the same kind of thing. You're not like an assassin, but you're, 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 you're drawing in an audience because of, of extreme energy and right. movement and... Yes, there's a storyline, but at the end of the day, you just want to see, you know, somebody race some cars and do something pretty crazy. And so the fact that they were able to bring that kind of energy and movement in the confined space of basically a train car. It's like a set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's moving. Moving back and forth between, you know, this car or that. But it's it's definitely – it definitely gets your – adrenaline kind of pump and getting you know as you get into it I don't, it's it's yeah. it's a fun movie wasn't it fun it's not yeah, yeah. but I, I i didn't go into it saying okay tonight we're gonna have a very serious you know not at all not at all well so. we kept putting it off and putting it off and then finally hey tonight's bullet train night yeah let's do that i thought well and so we're a, a central character similar to the um 
product placement in uh, white noise. So there's a, an, an element of this film that kind of keeps appearing and reappearing. And, and it was definitely very intentional. And that is there is a bottle of Fiji water yes. that, that pops up throughout the film. And I was reading a, a Wall Street Journal um, article about that interviewed uh, the director, David Leach, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, on on kind of why the use of the Fiji water bottle and what how did that all come about? And he actually it was always in the bottle was always intended to to be a, a, a to play a part in the film and to be a, a part a, a character in the film almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had designed their own. They had kind of created all these different mock-ups and done something, you know, this, that, or the other. And he kind of just kept coming back to the square Fiji bottle. And so unlike some product placement where a a company will go to, you know, a film or a movie or whatever and say, here, we'll pay you this to use our brand. Instead, they, the David Leach went to Fiji and said, this is the perfect kind of shape and size and bottle and we'd like to use it in the film and and uh, and it's going to get a lot of use and it's going to get a lot of use because it does it shows up um you know it shows up in the the very beginning of the film and then somehow is even in the final scenes and and fiji kind of was a little hesitant because they they didn't want it to be used for bad because at one point it kind of is used for bad, but then... Um, well, it's a weapon. It's a weapon, yes. Yeah. And, and But it's bullet trained. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the water saves the day. It does. So it's kind of a nice little nod. So another water pairing, but one that actually I think makes a lot of sense for, I think, I think for, that's a, for bullet training. That's a good pairing. I like Fiji water. Yeah, and we like, we like Fiji water a lot, and we like bullet training. That's yeah. good. It was super fun. Yeah, really so, fun. So I didn't see the whale. You um, you yeah. watched this on your own. I, I, I did. And I, it, I, I, I didn't. It, this doesn't look like it's my kind of film. So tell me, um, tell me if I was incorrect in that. Uh, I don't know. I think at some point, I think at some point we'll, we'll watch it together. I, I, I do. I, I also think it's a very hard watch. It's really good, and it's. But it's it's very specific about what it's watch. It's a man who's eating himself to death. And and it's a man who has a lifetime of guilt, and he wasn't always large like this. And he has a daughter, and he's just trying to repair the relationship with with his daughter because I think he I think he realizes at some point soon he's going to die. He just can't he, he can't sustain this, and he's over six hundred pounds. So it's Brendan Fraser. A lot of this has been written about the what they call the fat suit that he puts on and all, and all this prosthetic makeup for his face. He's still acting. He's great. If he wins the Oscar for Best Actor in this, I'd be fine. He's going to have to beat Elvis, and he's going to have to beat Colin, Colin Farrell, too, for the Banshees. But this is one of those – it's one of those movies where you go, oh, yeah, he's going to get an Oscar nomination for it, but he's really, really good at it because he's – in his heart is a really kind person who's made some bad mistakes. And he's a, he, he really loves his daughter, who's played by Sadie Sink, who was Max in Stranger Things. And, and uh, Sadie Sink was on Broadway with Helen Mirren playing the young Queen Elizabeth uh, 
in a stage play on Broadway called The Audience hmm. and, and spent a year on Broadway with that. And she's from Brenham, Texas, hmm. and just started acting, and they ended up moving out to California and, and is in a ton of things now. And then there's, you know, the person that comes in and cleans the house and, and washes him up and takes care of him. But he's constantly got food all over his body and he's constantly eating. And he can walk a few steps. He, he get, the doorbell rings every once in a while because he orders pizza. And he can walk to the door and somebody's supposed to leave it there at the door and he lives in a little tiny little apartment. So the entire movie is actually filmed in, a, in his tiny little room. So it's claustrophobic. And your, your mind goes crazy like... How do you even go to the bathroom? How do you sleep? How do you how do you eat? And all those things. And so they explore some of those things, but it's not really about it's not really about trying to understand the life of a, a, a morbidly obese person. It's a, it's about his personality and who he is, and 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 the mess of his life right now, and what can he do with the with the last bit of few days that he might have to live. Mm-hmm. And he's he's got a really good mind. He's really kind. He says some very profound things. It's a tiny little movie made for three million. Hmm. So you think white noise cost a hundred million or ninety five million? This costs three, and it's just it's a really into it's the kind of movie that I think a lot of people should make and would make, whether it's a big mass audience movie or not. You have to throw it out there and hope people go see it. But yeah, it's tough to watch. I'm, I'm watching the movie. It's not a it's probably not an eating drinking movie. Yeah, I don't think I can. You do. You that. you just you you start, you know, everybody has their own issues either with food or whatever. But and we all do that. but but to watch this go on and realize that that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, it's it's really a good film. And Darren Aronofsky's it's, it's hard. He's a really it's based on a stage play from 2012. And uh, and Samantha Morton plays his ex-wife, and mm. she shows up at one point in the film, and just I think people are just kind of trying to come in and figure out, oh my God, how did how did all this happen? When did this happen? And how is this? And he he's okay with it. He just wants to repair, and it that there's some real beauty in there's some real beauty in this huge and man, and that's very dark, huge you know messy man mm-hmm. who has a really big heart. Hmm. So that's, there's some coolness to that. Yeah, there's some beauty to that. And it's a tiny little film. Well, I, I, I can appreciate that you that you did find the beauty in such a, a difficult and very tragic, obviously, yeah. kind of circumstance. Yeah, I did. And I thought about it a lot. And, I, you know, I, it's one of those movies is, uh, that I, I'm not going to argue with any about. It. You either like it, don't like it. It's gotten really good reviews. And he's gotten really – you got to – you know, ten minutes standing ovation when it first premiered at a film festival, and you know, and he's been kind of out of out of sync for a right. while or out of the business for a while. So this is this is a big one. This is this is big stuff. This is the guy from the Mummy, and uh, and he made some really fun action movies. Brendan Fraser was a big star in the eighties, mm-hmm. and a te- not a teen star, but for teenage like movies, he was a big star for a lot of that kind of stuff. So. He's always been interesting. Lived in Seattle, or he's I, in one of your favorite film clubs. It, he, it, he has the he's his cast changes legs. He's in, walking around with, uh, um, with the entourage guy. With the entourage guy, and the guy from Goodfellas. Oh my God, it's going to drive me crazy. But anyway, um, De Niro's sidekick in Goodfellas. Um, 
who won the Oscar for that film, having a brain freeze. But yeah, he's walking around, he has a cast on his right leg, and then it goes to his left leg. And it goes back to his right leg. And it's like, how'd that happen? How'd that happen? <laughs> Put the cast on wrong foot one day, or they're just, or they're, they're, they're just playing with us. But Darren Aronofsky is a good filmmaker. And, uh, and Requiem for a Dream was one of his, he, he's always made, he did The Wrestler. Yeah. And he make he can, he's, Which was another he's film. a challenging filmmaker mm-hmm. and a smart filmmaker. And I, I think The Whale's, a pretty accomplished little film about a large person. It's got some real beauty to it, anyway. Next time on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, we're going to take a closer look at all these recent Oscar nominations, offer up a few predictions, try to get ready for the Academy Awards. And with that, I'm Gary Kogel, and I'm always looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Kogel, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 